Hi, I'm Brett Robinson. Welcome to the Redeeming Hope Podcast, where we share biblical truths that'll give you real hope. What is real hope? It's a hope that is relevant, energizing, authentic, and linked to Jesus. Today, I want to talk to you about the authority of the believer. But before we jump into the topic, by way of introduction, I'd like to tell you a story. So my son Gabriel and I, over the past couple of months, we've been building ourselves a pump track in the backyard. Now, those of you who are mountain bikers immediately know what I'm talking about. But if you're not, then that probably sounds like a weird name and you right now you're going, what is Brett talking about? So a pump track is a route for the bicycle to follow with a series of humps and bumps and, well, we call them rollers, that the bicycle goes up, down and over. And as it does, it's a gain speed and winds its way around the track and around berms and it does a full circuit and it all starts again. And um, it's a lot of work and a whole lot of fun. So we've been like doing it a bit at a time because it's a lot of work, but as we do it, we like have been tweaking and changing and hopefully improving on it as we go. And the other day, I was doing some work on a new roller. And um, so as we were working with the dirt and uh, we had filled a wheelbarrow with some dirt and the dirt going into the wheelbarrow was dry. And so to prepare the dirt to make this roller, um, we were spraying it with the hose pipe and as we were spraying it, we were tilling the soil with a fork. And so we would spray it and till it and spray it and till it to mix the water throughout the soil so that it would stick together and bind. So there I was in the morning and um, sweating it out, doing this hard but fun work. And all of a sudden, in the middle of this task, the Lord spoke to me so clearly. And he spoke to me about the word binding. And um, it was, of course, because we wanted the soil to bind together so that it would set in place to make this cool bicycle feature that we'd be able to ride over. And as I was thinking about how important it is for the soil to bind together... I remembered Matthew 16, 19, which says, I will give you the keys of the kingdom. Whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. And the Lord continued to speak to me about the importance of that word binding. As I looked at the soil, I realized that if I just took a clump of loose, dry soil and dumped it on the ground and shaped it with a, a rake and maybe like smacked it down a little bit with um, a spade, that as we walked over it or went over it with a bike, that that soil was just going to crumble and give way. Whenever pressure and stress came, it would not maintain its shape. Why? because it hadn't set. But that same soil with the addition of the mixing 
and the binding that comes with the water, all of a sudden, when the pressure comes and we shape that soil and we begin to apply pressure and stamp it into position, what happens? Well, it all of a sudden keeps its shape. It becomes far more durable and far stronger and it can take the pressure and the stress that we are going to put on it as a part of our bike track. The Lord spoke to my heart about the process of binding and setting things in place by His Spirit and by His Word that causes us to be able to withstand the pressure and the stresses of life. Of course, the scripture is talking about the authority of the believer given to us by Jesus to do the work of Jesus. Don't you find it interesting as we read that scripture? It says, whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. So the onus is on us as believers. Let me ask you, what are you going to bind and loose? Maybe you haven't even thought about it. And that's really important. You know, my bike track would never have materialized unless I had a clear plan and picture in my mind of what I wanted to achieve. And we're not going to walk in the plans and purposes of God unless we understand what those plans and purposes are that He has for us. Unless we understand the authority that He's given to us, we're not going to be able to bind and loose anything. You might be tempted to say, well, Yes, God has a plan, but it's up to God. He's done it all already, and therefore, whatever happens is His will. Well, actually, scripturally, to be honest, that's just nonsense. That's nothing more than relying on faith. And has nothing to do with the God kind of faith, and certainly doesn't please God. God's word shows us clearly that we have an active role to play. In fact, James chapter 1 verse 22 says, Do not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourselves. Do what it says. So here we're getting a bit of insight. Just like I couldn't just take loose, dry soil and expect that it's going to make a fantastic bike track. So, listening to the word only is not good enough. To get that word to be bound in our hearts and to set in our hearts, James gives us the insight, we have to do what it says. In Hebrews chapter 4 verse 2, it says, For indeed the gospel was preached to us as well as to them. But the word which they heard did not profit them, not being mixed with faith in those who heard it. You know, I made a mistake when Gabriel and I first started building our pump track. It's a lot of work. 
and back-breaking work at times, and we were really getting out of breath. So we were trying to get it done, but get it done as quick as possible with the least amount of work. How many of you have ever taken a shortcut that you realized afterwards wasn't a great idea? Well, we kind of made some discoveries like that as well when we were still learning as we started our project. We would take some soil, do a quick sprinkle of water as we threw it down, sprinkle a little bit more. Finally, we would shape it and rake it and stamp it down and spray it with a bit more water and then give it another stamp. But you know what? The water was not properly mixed together with the soil. We hadn't tilled it properly with the fork. And where we did that, it didn't last. It didn't stand up to the pressure and the stress that was going to be placed upon it. The scripture here is talking about people who heard the word. But the Bible says that the word they heard did not benefit them or profit them. Why? They didn't mix it with faith. This really spoke to my heart. As I stood there with the fork in hand and we sprayed the soil with the, uh, the hose pipe and I mixed it with the fork and mixed it with the, the fork and tilled it and mixed it and tilled it and mixed it. And all of a sudden the consistency started coming right and I knew that we had something that was going to set just right. Do you know that those who don't mix their faith with God's word end up with values and thinking that are all mixed up? Mixed up with the hollow and deceitful philosophy of the world. Unable to tell right from wrong. With mixed up morals based upon feelings and not offending anyone. Instead of based upon the word of God. Why is this an important difference? Well, the world's plumb line is based upon flawed human ideals and the perspective gained over moments, months or years. The biblical moral plumb line is based upon a flawless God with an eternal perspective. I want to be mixing God's word which is flawless together with my faith and putting it into practice in my life. That is what is going to cause me to have values and principles and ideals that will stand the test of time. When faith is mixed with the word of God, it releases the anointing of God. For us to be able to be and to do all that he has purposed for us. The mixing of faith speaks of a deep commitment to embrace the word of God and allow it to shape and change your thinking, your believing, your attitudes and your actions. You see, when I stood there with that hose pipe spraying that soil, if all I did was I did a little bit of a spray over the top of that soil, it would not have stood the test of time when we try to use it for our bike track. Why? 
it wasn't thoroughly mixed in. Do you know, friends, we can't take the Word of God and sprinkle it over the top of our lives and apply a little bit of faith as it suits us, maybe as it's convenient to us, and hope that it's going to stand the test of time. The Word of God has got to be mixed together with faith deeply throughout our whole life. I'd like to tell you a story that takes me way back to when I was a young man. I must have been about 10, 11, 12 years old, but I had a passion for God. And praise the Lord, we went to a church that preached the Word of God and preached the authority over the authority of the believer and the authority that we have with the name of Jesus. And I was convinced that the authority of God was absolute. I was convinced and passionate in my heart that at the name of Jesus, every knee must bow and every tongue confess that he is Lord. And one night I went to sleep. During the night, I had a dream. The dream soon turned into the beginning of a nightmare. And in my dream, I was stuck in place and all of a sudden, this ominous character, this vampire-like creature was approaching me and I knew that it was coming to get me to try and take me out. But all of a sudden, even in my sleep, something rose up within me. <laughs> it was the Word of God and it was the Spirit of God. You see, I'd been sowing the Word of God and faith into my spirit. And even in my sleep, it rose up within me. And as that thing came against me, I looked at it and I said with authority, I rebuke you in the name of Jesus. And instantly, that thing disappeared and the fear was gone and I had peace and I just carried on sleeping. You see, the Word of God and faith was so thoroughly mixed into my spirit and, even, and into my mind that even in my sleep, it was able to rise up from my spirit man. My mind was made up. That wherever I went, God's presence was with me. And that power, the power of His presence, the power of the name of Jesus, was greater than anything that would come against me. My mind was set. Do you know in baking, a cake is set because of the right ingredients, the right mixing, and the right heat. And when you take it out the oven, it's set. In our lives, God's purposes are set because the Word of God is mixed with faith and obedience. In Colossians chapter 3, verse 1, it says, Since then you have been raised with Christ, set your hearts. On things above, where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. Set your minds on things above, not on earthly things. 
I've read the scripture many times over many years and I've always taken it as an encouragement to set my focus on God and on the things of God. But as I looked at the scripture again, in the context of what caused the soil to set in my pump track that I was building with my son, I realized it's got to be a lot more thorough than a superficial sprinkling. We can't just have a superficial bit of faith, superficially set our focus on the things of God. The kind of setting that it's talking about here, I'm convinced goes from our head all the way down deeply into our hearts. Friends, this is not a superficial thing. And this doesn't happen because we try and rush it and get it done quickly. There's no shortcut to setting our hearts on things above. The process of getting our hearts set on things above is done in the presence of God, in prayer, in worship, with the Word of God open in front of us. And as we pray over God's Word and speak that Word, it becomes set in our hearts and in our minds to the point where it's indiscernible from our lives. God's Word characterizes the nature and the state of our hearts and our minds. Do you know that when we exercise our God-given authority, that we are empowered to live in God's freedom, saved and set free, that we are empowered to live healed and whole, spirit, soul and body. We are empowered to live in God's economy, in His abundance. But when the benefits are so obvious of exercising the authority of the believer, why aren't all believers exercising this authority? I believe it boils down to false limiting beliefs. Here are a couple of limiting beliefs. Living based upon religion instead of relationship. Well, that's the difference between living in condemnation or living by grace. Thinking that fate and God's will are the same thing. No, friends, they're not. Believing that nothing's going to change, so why bother? Believing that we can live with an underdeveloped and neglected faith and expect to live in the fullness of God. Friends, we have to cooperate with the Spirit of God. Another limiting false belief is living with too many distractions and not enough focus and determination on the things of God. Thinking that... It's probably meant for someone more spiritual or certainly someone with more experience and more knowledge. 
Friends, we've got to start with where you are. Waiting for it to get easier. Waiting for a better time. Waiting for someone to do it all for you. If we're going to live with the authority of the believer that Jesus has intended for us, we've got to step up and we've got to step out in obedience to him. The antidote to some of these false limiting beliefs is be discontent with living deflated and defeated. Make a quality decision to press into God and not be deterred. Get decisive. Take action and be consistent. For example, decide, I'm going to read my Bible and base my life upon what God's Word says. I'm going to exercise my faith today. I choose faith-filled words. Instead of begging and pleading, I choose to petition and praise God, believing that He's heard my prayers and answered. I'm going to choose to fill my heart with thanksgiving. Friends, when we fill our hearts with thanksgiving and praise, faith will rise up in our hearts and we will begin to live in the authority that Jesus has purposed and destined for us. I'm going to invite you to pray together with me now as we end today's podcast. Lord, I'm done with low-level living. I take my eyes off the ground. I take my eyes off my troubles and I look to you. You are El Shaddai, the God who is more than enough. I thank you that you have given your angels charge over me. I thank you that I am blessed in the city and blessed in the country. I call in the harvest right now in Jesus' name. By faith I declare that it's harvest time. Lord, I thank you that you make a way for me. Even when there seems to be no way. I thank you that I am blessed in my coming in. And blessed in my going out. I take up my shield of faith. I take up the sword of the Spirit. I thank you that it is powerful and effective. I take my stand upon the word of God. I will not lose hope. I will not lose sleep. I will not lose my joy or my peace. My God is greater. My God is stronger. Jesus is on the throne. And the devil is defeated. He may come at me from one direction. But he will flee from me in seven. Devil, you take your hands off my stuff. My family. My business. And all the works of my hands. I belong to God. 
I take refuge in the Lord Most High. The Lord has established me as His own. I am blessed and all the works of my hands are blessed. I thank you, Lord, for abundant prosperity. That you have opened the storehouse of heaven on my behalf. I thank you and I worship you this day. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen and amen. Friends, I remind you as we finish that Jesus has given you authority. Jesus has given you the keys of the kingdom. And he said, whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. And to do that, you need to come into agreement with what his word says over your life, over your marriage, over your family, and over the work of your hands. I bless you today. In Jesus' name, Amen. Thanks for tuning in. I pray that the message of God's Word will build your faith and develop a hope that is so strong it's like an anchor for your soul. Go ahead and subscribe, and why not share the message with a friend?